This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. Joining us now is Chris Talgo, Editorial Director uh, for the Heartland Institute. Chris, good afternoon. How are you? And thanks for the time. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, uh, but I'm a little perplexed when you point out um, in your article, no one is above the law and everyone has the right to trial to prove innocence. That is from Nancy Pelosi before Donald Trump was officially indicted on 34 counts of allegedly falsifying business records. And does she not understand the Constitution at all? Well, apparently not, because uh, apparently Miss Pelosi, the ex-Speaker of the House, is unaware that in the United States you are uh, innocent until proven guilty, but that is not the case when it comes to Donald Trump. And Pelosi is not is definitely not the only person uh, parroting that line. Uh, the mainstream media has taken it and run with it, and uh, a lot of other uh, uh, Democratic politicians have done so as well. So I'm just very concerned because if we move and transform into a society in which uh, people are now presumed guilty and they have to prove their innocence, which was exactly what Nancy Pelosi was alluding to, that is not the United States of America. No, it's not. And the traditional American uh, values are clearly under attack, under assault in this country. Uh, Pelosi's tweet, though, also represents the less new approach you point out. Just explain that. So one of the things that that happened, uh, and this this really happened in 2015, when Donald Trump uh, announced his candidacy for president, uh, the left, uh, the Justice Department uh, under Barack Obama, started spying on him, and and that uh, transitioned into the Russian collusion hoax. Then we had the uh, the impeachment uh, uh, first, and then we had the impeachment second, and then we had the uh, January 6th, you know, uh, show trials. So what what has happened is uh, Donald Trump in 2015, he uh, was an outsider. He was anti-establishment, and he wanted to change up the way that things had been done in Washington uh, on on behalf of both parties, to be clear, uh, for many, many decades. And that just was not allowed. And ever since that day that he came down that escalator in 2015 and announced his candidacy, he has been public enemy number one. And it's just it is sad and it's pathetic that a Manhattan D.A. has resorted to uh, these these incredibly bogus charges. They're not a crime and everyone knows it, but it's all in an attempt to make sure that Donald Trump does not in their in their hope uh, win the White House in 2024. Yeah, they're, they're trying to drown him in the legal court and legal system. That's they're trying to just tie him up so much. So and I don't think it's going to work. But as you point out. The case against him is flimsier than Alex Murdoch's alibi. I like that. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, it doesn't take a, a legal scholar to understand that what uh, Elvin Bragg is doing here is he is trumping up charges, no pun intended. Uh, what happened in 2017, this was in, in 2017 after the 2016 election, a uh, NDA was agreed to between uh, uh, then-President Trump and uh, Stormy Daniels, and he paid for that with his own money. That is completely legal. That is completely above board. That happens all the time across this country every single day. It's not a crime. But what did uh, Alvin Bragg do? 
Well, he campaigned in 2020 on the premise that I will get Donald Trump. And in order to do that, he had to weave himself into a completely unintelligible un, uh, uh, legal theory, where now, after the 2017 election, he hit the hush money payment, uh, somehow defrauded voters in the 2016 election. It makes no sense. And there was no crime. And uh, lastly, the uh, statute of limitations had already expired on this supposed crime. So what did Alvin Bragg do? He said that this was in the commission of a greater crime, which he cannot, which he did not refuse to name in the indictment, because that alone would allow it to uh, bump up to a from a misdemeanor to a felony. You know, I tell my listeners all the time, we're speaking with Chris Talgo, editorial director for the Homeland Institute. I, I tell them all the time that in cases like this, if they can do this to the former president, just imagine what they can do to us. I mean, Donald Trump has vast resources to defend himself against these bogus charges. But you and I, the average American, we don't have those resources. So that's how scary this is. That is such an uh, important point that just needs to be pounded into Americans' minds. Because uh, what we are seeing is that if they can go after Donald Trump, like you said, with the amount of resources that he has at his, disposable, uh, his disposal, what are they going to do uh, when they come after you know people like us who are just saying, hey, we don't agree with this, hey, we don't like this, or you know, like we saw a couple of years ago when some uh, parents uh, had the audacity to say, hey, you know what, we want to take control of our kids' education. What did, what did the Biden Justice Department do? They labeled them domestic terrorists. Uh, the January sixth, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, election uh, day. What happened? A whole bunch of Americans are sitting in uh, gulags in Washington D.C. simply because they were in Washington D.C. in uh, in the Capitol area during that time, <laughs> not committed in a crime, didn't do anything wrong, but they were labeled as political enemies, and the full force of the federal government was. Put on them. It's mind blowing and yet uh, troubling on a number of levels. And you know, I want to point out too, as you as you pointed out in, in the article, the Federal Election Commission um, turned it down, turned this case against Donald Trump down because it didn't have, as you put it, the merit. It didn't warrant any of these charges. That is another crucial uh, point that just needs to be made. Uh, not only did the Federal Election Commission, who have who has jurisdiction over a matter such as this, because the Manhattan DA does not, because this is a federal uh, level issue, uh, they they turned it down. They did a, an exhaustive investigation and found out that there was nothing wrong with this. This was completely, uh, you know, uh, in line with with uh, the the legal uh, precedent. And Cy Vance. The uh, predecessor to Alvin Bragg, his office also declined to pursue this because there was no there there. But like I said earlier, Alvin Bragg, he campaigned on the promise that he would get Trump, and he is pursuing that even though there's no crime uh, that was committed. I'm not trying to lead you here, Chris, but you know, when Alvin Bragg uh, is a Harvard Law school. Um, so is the vice president. And if those two are the standards for, if that is the, 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 the shining light of Harvard law, then man, I think we're in trouble as a country. I think we're in trouble as a country too, because this is not just a Harvard law phenomenon. 
Uh, we just saw it a couple of weeks ago. A uh, federal judge was shouted down and uh, just, you know, just uh, he, he was not allowed to even say anything because the uh, the students at this uh, prominent law school, they just said, no, we're just not going to allow you uh, to uh, speak your mind. So if, if, if our nation's law schools have now become, you know, uh, so engulfed in DEI and wokeness and, uh, you know, political partisanship, well, then that means that the next generation of lawyers and the next generation of leaders, business leaders, political leaders are going to have, you know, this uh, taint in, uh, in their perspective. And that is not a good thing for people like me who value liberty, the rule of law, limited government, and the Constitution. If you could explain to the audience the connection to uh, George Soros and what how dangerous that is, these these uh, uh, attorneys, these these folks that are connected and backed by George Soros, like Alvin Bragg and others. Yeah, so in my in my home city of Chicago, we also have a George Soros funded uh, DA. Her his her name is Kim Fox, and just like in New York City, Kim Fox lets criminals uh, you know run rampant and does not pursue. Uh, felony convictions against them, just like Ralvin Bragg has done. So for two years as DA of New York City, crime is up through the roof, and Alvin Bragg has downgraded 52% of violent felonies to misdemeanors. However, he took the total opposite tack when it came to President Trump, and he just went out of his way and bent over backwards to make sure that he upgraded the misdemeanor, which once again, this is a very important point, statute of limitation had you know expired years ago. He somehow finagled that into 34 felony counts, and that just goes to show that it's uh, you know under George Soros's uh, view of American jurisprudence, there's a two-tiered legal system. There's one legal system for the people who vote Democrat and who basically abide by the democratic uh, values and norms, and then there's a whole different uh, justice for the political enemies and rivals of said Democrats. And Donald Trump, I think, is the, is he's the embodiment of that. But it's not just Donald Trump. Remember, in uh, St. Louis, because they have a very radical George Soros-funded DA, during the uh, 2020 uh, George Floyd uh, riots, I remember there was a couple named the McCloskeys who all they did was defend their property. And yes, they held guns because they have the Second Amendment right to do that. What happened to them? Kim Gardner, the, the George Soros-funded DA, went after them with full force and did not lift a finger to go and, and do anything to the mob who were basically saying, we're going to burn your house down and we're going to you know, do what we want with you. Chris, I got about a minute left. I, I tweeted this uh, on the indictment. Of Donald Trump, I said he is a symbol of traditional American values, and that's ultimately what the left is attacking. I got about a minute left. If you could just respond to that, I completely agree with that. This is not about Donald Trump the person. This is about what Donald Trump represents. And Donald Trump, for better or worse, represents the uh, you know flyover country of America. And he, like you said, he represents old-fashioned traditional conservative values, limited government, you know, the Bill of Rights. He's a defender of that. And these people, they do not like that. Remember, Barack Obama said in 2008, he wanted to uh, transform America. And you know what? They're doing it. 
They are doing it, and it's a scary, scary thought. Uh, Chris, I served this country, and, and the wokeness of the military these days uh, has me uh, really, really scared for the future of this country because I, we're in bad, bad shape. Chris uh, Talgo, editorial director of the Heartland Institute, thank you so much. I hope to talk to you again on the show in the future. Absolutely. Have a great day, and have a great Easter. All right, you too. All right, uh, our fishing game report with Captain Jimmy Corley is next here on the Christian Garrick Show on WGSO.